0: Well hello there. It is great to see you again and welcome back to another installment of Path to Abundant Living. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It's great to have you with us here today. And as always, we've got the stars of our show, Mr. Matt Norbin and Scott Morrison of Morrison Norbin & Associates joining us today for another wealth management related discussion. Today, we're diving back into family wealth. I know you guys, if you're frequent listeners or viewers of our show here, you know, we've addressed different circumstances surrounding family wealth, the wealth planning strategies that go into family wealth. Today, we're talking about this, you know, the idea of inheritances. We're circling back to this idea because there's this one element of it that we didn't necessarily touch on in a prior episode where we did walk through just kind of the act of preparing an heir for that day that the inheritance comes. Today, what we're doing is we're talking about the values that come along with the wealth. So let's zoom out for a quick second. You know for many affluent families the thought has you know is bound to have crossed their mind about that day that of course the wealth the significant level of assets are going to be transferred to that future generation but oftentimes parents or grandparents they're not necessarily considering the values Uh, and having those be transferred down to those future generations as well. And when I'm talking about values, I'm talking about those same values that help build and grow and maintain that wealth to begin with. So today, that's what we're examining. We're getting right into the idea of transferring financial values to heirs, uh, and of course, just how to do it. You know, these are conversations that Scott and Matt have with their clients on a regular basis. We're going to bring that conversation right to you here today. So that being said, let's go ahead and bring the guys out and get today's conversation rolling. Matt, Scott, good to see you guys. Welcome aboard. Morning. Great to
1: see you. Good morning to you and uh, happy St. Patrick's Day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Here we are sitting down on St. Patrick's Day to record today's episode, uh, guys. Let's get right into it. Um, Matt, I'll throw this this first opening question to you. Uh, inheritors, you know, they inherit the wealth, right? But it's but not necessarily those important values and principles that go along with the money. What issues? What challenges? Trend and uh, you do you you know. Type you know, you typically see when this happens, when those values aren't necessarily transferred in addition to the wealth itself. Well,
1: Ryan, there can be this values vacuum that can happen, which can potentially cause some big problems for the heirs that inherit that that large sum of money. And, And too often they'll blow right through the inheritance. You know, some kids might become complacent thinking, you know there's wealth that can just well it'll just bail me out of trouble which we know generally doesn't work that way they might never develop resiliency and motivation and other life skills to overcome any adversity and generate their own success you know and we've seen numerous stories in the media of affluenza the 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 feeling that you know the rules don't apply to me because you know we have so much I don't have to follow the rules of society or the laws that are out there. And so if you got to be careful of this, this vacuum that can occur.
0: Sure. So, so Scott, my follow-up question for you guys then would be, are are there certain types then of, of heirs or individuals really that just tend to do a better job maybe when it comes to avoiding the types of issues that Matt just mentioned?
2: Well, we do tend to see that the, the super rich and the ultra wealthy, you know, Tend to do a better job than 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 others. Uh, I think that's probably because it's a day-to-day ongoing issue for them. So uh, it's understandable uh, that these kind of families with sizable wealth are good at this sort of thing. But it's not limited to the ultra-wealthy. We also find that uh, close families with strong relationships do a better job. There's just better open communication within those families, and they they tend to have those kind of discussions. Uh, so, you know, much time and effort is spent around the issues of their wealth and it's a regular day-to-day issue in their lives. They, uh, they also have plenty of ways to show their kids, you know, that connection between those values and that sense of purpose. They, they may have a successful business that they can actually directly involve their kids in, uh, or they might have a single family office, uh, where there's, you know, tends to be you know professionals like uh, attorneys and CPAs and things walking around the halls that these kids have an opportunity to rub elbows with and and learn from. So, uh, you know, being able to uh, show the whys behind the decisions that the family money makes is super important um, and an advantage that the that the ultra wealthy uh, heirs have. Uh, but the good news is that you know. It definitely doesn't take tens of millions of dollars to take a, a page from the playbook of these people, and that you can effectively uh, help your heirs adopt the values, and 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 you can serve them well throughout their lives by having those kind of conversations.
0: Roger that Scott so so Matt I'll throw this next one over to you let's let's get into that first step what it takes to get this process started what would you say is that first step uh, that those of us who intend to transfer money and those values to our kids and grandkids down the road What does that first step look like
1: well so if you haven't already kind of figured it out you want to know what are your own values and attitudes towards wealth and success and so which of those values do you want to then pass on to your kids and grandkids and that are around the different behaviors of saving and spending and investing and working and being charitable and and then share those with your heirs. And so starting with self-reliance and the ability to, you know, quote unquote, stand on your own two feet and education, like the appreciation of the value of higher learning and, critical thinking, the ability to navigate through challenges, which we are all going to face multiple times in our lives. And fiscal prudence, the knowledge of how to live within your means, make smart financial decisions and grow your wealth over time and motivation, you know, be motivated, the drive to work and to achieve and and work hard um, each and every day. And finally, philanthropy, you know, knowing that being able to help others maybe who are less fortunate and need support. And the key is to get clear in your own mind or you and your, your significant other of what your values that you really want to pass on to your kids and grandkids and, and keep in mind that they're going to develop your heirs are going to develop their own values about wealth and success. And so that's where you want to kind of look and say, okay, where is their alignment whenever possible? And just continually understand your own values and then theirs as well. And and again, see how they, they work
0: together. Certainly, and, that, and that's a good little list that you drew up there for us, Matt. Um, so it, it sounds like to me, guys, then it's from a matriarch or patriarch standpoint, it's once you get clarity on your own viewpoint on those key values that you just listed, then you work to start communicating those and trickling them down so that you can have that dialogue between, you know, the heirs and and so that they can get on the same page with how you feel about those values. But my question then, uh, Scott, I'll throw this over to you. How, how do you communicate those values? How do you go through that process of transferring all that, all those years of knowledge and, and internal feelings about those uh, you know, those key values down to your heirs? How do you start? How do you go about that?
2: I mean simply it's ongoing conversation it, it has to be kind of a uh, the kind of conversation that becomes comfortable within the family uh, something that you would anticipate if you're sitting at the the kitchen table uh you know subjects about money and values are obviously so important and so you know you have to begin to instill those beliefs and hopes and so it has to happen in those conversations uh, You want to maintain open lines of communication, not only with your children, but you know if you're if you're fortunate to have grandchildren like myself. You know, to be able to start to instill those values in them, because a lot of estate planning is incorporating you know generation skipping type of uh, trusts and things like that, and so you want to make sure that. uh, Not only your children, but your grandchildren uh, are included in these conversations Uh, you want to communicate as Matt said you want to communicate the values that you care about. And you want to explain why those values are so important to you and how those values can then be, uh, you know, for your kids and grandkids, how they can realize a good life uh, by way of that same value uh, system. Having said this, uh, it can't be just a single one and done talk. I mean, no matter how impactful that uh, conversation might be. Uh, is something that needs to be, like I said, ongoing. And sometimes you're talking to very small children, so it needs to be age appropriate. Uh, and and then as they as they mature and grow, you can start to add more value to that conversation, and uh, start talking about things like, um, you know, investment strategies and charitable giving as they become adult children. But sometimes it's as simple as just simply. Uh, uh have setting up a piggy bank and and having them add some money and then matching it like you would a 401k so that they can kind of start to see that that value of saving and and what it you know what wealth how wealth can be created.
0: I I love that and and it's yeah it's starting that dialogue getting that going. Um but as we've probably all heard in our lives, I mean both you guys, of course anybody who's watching and tuning in today, uh timing. Timing is a big factor when it comes to having pivotal conversations in our lives. So Matt, would you say that there are any ideal times or moments really when these types of conversations are most likely to resonate with an air or really hit home with them?
1: So yeah, there's, there's no shortage of, of teachable moments over the years. Like Scott was alluding to, you know, first and foremost is consistently communicate. You know, over time and and help your kids and, and grandkids and if you have them, you know, develop that sense of responsibility and, and motivation to achieve. And and so when those teachable moments arise is is maybe talk about okay, that teachable moment might be, hey, you just got that large check or you know, a birthday check, like Scott was saying, hey, let's let's put some money in that piggy bank and or or maybe it's as they get a little bit older and they're looking to buy that their first home or a rental property. You know, most people tend to not remember or internalize these lessons that are only taught once, right, a a lot of people and have family members who are, you know, it's learned by doing, or it's that repetition and revisiting the topic of money and values over time. And so one excellent technique is storytelling. You know talk about maybe you have um a grandfather or a, a a close family member who had to sacrifice to build what is now a successful business or maybe you yourself you know had some maybe less than ideal investments or opportunities that you did and and you've learned a lot because of that so telling stories helps internalize these different lessons and again it's it's as scott was saying and and you too ryan is just continually communicating over time where you know these teachable moments come up and say oh remember when and how we talked about and you know if you just continually do that over and over that those personal stories can drive home those lessons better than you know vague lectures
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, yeah, in fact there are strategic moments to be able to have these these conversations resonate. I like that you brought up stories. I mean, stories are so important, so good. I mean, they're memorable. I mean, hey, that's that's why that's, that's why we talk about good stories all the time. So, a good good point there, Matt. Guys, we so I get that communication, that plays a very pivotal role in this process of transferring those values uh, to, you know, your your future generations, but what about any action steps like actual actions that can be taken? Um, you know, Scott, I'll throw this one over to you. Do you have any, you know, specific actions that, you know, a matriarch or patriarch, even grandparents could take, uh, to help start, you know, instilling these values in their, in their gener- future generations.
2: Well, Ryan is as, as vital as those, those values focused conversations are with your heirs, the most effective way to instill those values is to obviously what what our parents have done for ourselves and that's to model uh, that behavior. Um, my dad, my dad was always famous for saying, you know, you, you can't just talk the talk, you have to walk the walk. And so while you can have some great conversations, if it's not backed up with, with uh, real action, then it it's not as impactful. So whenever you can involve your kids in some real financial decisions, um, and obviously, again, they, they need to be age appropriate, but You know, things like where you're going to take a vacation, uh, where the kids can get involved in at least uh, how that vacation is, you know, how the cost is put together, how to stay within a budget. Um, Older children, uh, you can start to talk about, as Matt said, you know, with charities, you know, what are the family charities? Uh, Maybe there should be some discussion about not just your own charities, but you know, what would the kids it, it, get them involved in doing some of the research themselves into what those charities are all about, what their mission statements are, so that it gets them, you know, some real life experience in making uh, financial decisions uh, based around that value system that, that your family has. Uh, you can demonstrate the power of saving and compounding, like I said, with uh, uh, with young kids, uh, just that that piggy bank story with, with the, the uh, matching money. Uh, but then, you know, you can also, uh, you know, live those those values out loud, uh, you know, by being really smart with their money and actually uh, actively doing that, uh, you know, by um, participating in, in the kind of things that you're going to uh, invest your money in. So, whenever you can have those opportunities for practical application, uh, again, being age appropriate. Um, it's very impactful.
0: Scott, I, lo- I love that. And guys, I pulled a, a unique statistic that I wanted to read off to you guys. And this is from the Family Business Center. You know, by some estimates that they have family firms comprise about 90% of all business enterprises in North America these days. That being said, do you guys have any advice for those families that own a business together. Uh, I know we've we've chatted a little bit about this in some prior episodes, but given that we're on the topic of values and family wealth, I figured this is worth worth bringing back up for those that may have missed that conversation. You know, Matt, do you have any advice for for families that work together in uh, to own and manage and maintain a business?
1: Sure, Ryan. So expounding kind of on what Scott said of passing on lessons, one, seemingly obvious path of of conveying your know, your values and instilling those in your kids or grandkids is is to involve them in the the family enterprise in that business and they can see firsthand the principles of hard work and thoughtful decision making in action and gain valuable hands-on experience now it can certainly make sense for example of involving the younger kids in the business in various positions to help them see the importance of being motivated to do a good job and work their way up the ladder, and then it can also they can see that with the many areas of business, um, depending on the size of it, it, can be you know three or four areas or really complex about how all of these areas need to work together and to achieve this success, and no one even even mom and dad can do it all, and so it can then when you kind of transition to older kids, they can start looking at financial statements, profit and loss, and other financial documents. Now, you want to maybe tread lightly or a little carefully because you don't want to force your kids into the family business because if they have no interest whatsoever, then that can backfire. And they might then resent those values that you're trying to instill in them and say, well, I'm not going to do that or that's totally different from what I want. So you want to expose your kids to the business, but not pressure them to come aboard. So for example, um, our younger daughter has expressed, she's a freshman in college, has expressed an interest in coming into our business. Well, we, myself and my wife, we are encouraging her in college to go and learn about a lot of different areas and, and look at different avenues and not only say, oh, I'm going to come and work in the business. So like, nope, go out and learn in, in a lot of different areas and really figure out what it is that you want to do before saying, okay, yeah, I want to be in this business.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that's that's great, Matt. I appreciate you kind of sharing your own personal experience with that because, you know, we had talked about action steps and boy, is that a really great action step. You know, off, opening up the opportunity at least uh, to teach lessons and values about how the family business is run and get get them thinking in that way, get them, uh, you know, acclimated to those values. It's a really good point in, in how you can kind of utilize the own family business to expose them to those those values. Uh, guys, as we're, as we're bringing our conversation here to a head, i'll you know i'll throw this over to both of you maybe you both can provide a little something here for us uh let's leave our audience with any additional pro tips maybe uh for those families that want to ensure that you know not only does the wealth get passed on to future generations but also those values and those strong principles that they've developed over their lifetime uh scott we'll start with you but i'll throw it your your guys way any other pro tips you might want to share before we leave uh you know we cap off our episode today
2: Well, the one that I, the one that I try to encourage with my clients, and I wish they would take advantage of more, honestly, uh, is incorporating their trusted advisor into those brainstorming ideas uh, where, you know, I can maybe offer some, some ideas on how those family conversations can go, which might even lead to some opportunities where somebody like myself or, or one of their other, you know, trusted professionals can be part of a family discussion about their wealth. Um, I think that's that's something that isn't done nearly enough um, because the the advisor for the parents isn't necessarily introduced to the family. And uh, so I, I think when you're talking about wanting to set up an estate plan, that I means there's gonna be some sort of uh, continuation of that plan uh, to have that advisor uh, who's, you know, intimately aware of that plan, uh, having them involved, I think is real important. I think then one other last thing is then, you know, making sure that you're talking about wealth and values. Uh, You know, it doesn't automatically mean that you're going to open up your books to your kids. Uh, You don't need to avoid talking about wealth, because you think it's going to lead to needing to open up those books and show them, you know, what they potentially might be inheriting. Uh, I think it's more important that you're you're having those discussions and the importance about being a good steward <clears throat> of the wealth without you know diving into the actual numbers.
0: Mm-hmm. Good good point. And, and Matt, any final thoughts from from you on this end?
1: Sure, Ryan. You know, along with again what Scott was saying is is the communicating and communicate to your kids and if possible your grandkids about your values about wealth and success and understand that that won't guarantee that you'll avoid negative outcomes or that they're going to become the world's greatest CEO. But in our experience, heirs who understand how their parents and grandparents view these things, these issues, they tend to be more driven to make their way in the world and be better stewards of the assets that they're going to receive and then use these in meaningful ways and lead meaningful lives to help build stronger communities rather than, hey, I'm just going to blow it on a new Lamborghini. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the key as we've, you know, talked about to kind of wrap it up here. The key is to make this happen is start talking with your heirs as soon as possible and keep that engagement going consistently over the long term
0: you know so many times guys i feel like that's that's what we're leaving our audiences with just start start somewhere and a lot of the time it's start with you know as scott mentioned working with your trusted advisor get them on the horn uh you know see what their viewpoints on how they could kind of steer you into some of these these conversations these lessons these moments that can really you know add value to your your you know your heirs lives in the long run so guys a lot of good stuff today appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us uh for anybody in the audience that's you know taking something away from today's conversation maybe you yourself are in a situation where maybe it's time to start thinking about this And maybe you're interested in reaching out to Matt and Scott, uh, having a conversation, just getting your own unique circumstances in front of them. Uh, Matt, Scott, what would you say is the best way uh, somebody could go ahead and reach out to you guys and and get that ball rolling?
1: You know, to start, not to be cliched, but really start, you know, email, go to the website, morrisonnordman.com or give us a call, 517 333 seven nine six seven and let's have a conversation and and point you down the path help you achieve that's most important to you and if it's passing on these values to your kids or grandkids let's start by having a conversation
0: awesome well guys again thank you for carving some time out of your day to be with us and uh looking forward to having you back on the next one thanks ryan have a great day you too ryan thanks all right. Thank you guys. And Hey, look, we want to take one final moment as always. Thank you guys, our audience for being aboard the show with us today. If you took something away from it, you benefited from the conversation, do us a favor, go ahead and comment on the show, subscribe to it on whichever platform you're checking us out on. And then of course share this information with friends and family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of discussions that we're having. Cause like I said, at the top of the show, these are the same conversations and strategies, solutions, you name it, that Matt and Scott are having with their clients on a regular basis, we're just bringing them here to you on this show because they're pertinent topics that can help put you and yours on that path to abundant living. We've got some great conversations still teed up for you in episodes to come and we'd hate to have you miss out really on any of that beneficial information. So for Matt and Scott, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you being with us on today's installment of Path to Abundant Living. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors. Morrison, Norman & Associates and Securities America are separate entities. All investing involves risk, including the possible risk of principal.